Welcome. Thank you for listening to the Solson Word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Second Peter. Permit me to read from verse 1 again, chapter 3. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us what, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in, in the which the heavens shall pass away with, with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt, burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is a very interesting text. Um, Permit me to just put it within the context from verse 1. It says that um, I write to stir up your minds by way of remembrance. What am I trying to remind you of? Then why am I trying to remind you? That ye be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and, and the commandments of us, the apostles of Jesus. So I'm trying to remind you to be mindful of these words. The Holy Prophet spoke about it, and Jesus Christ has spoken through the commandment, his commandments of the apostles. And it says that knowing this first, you should know this. Whilst I'm reminding you, you should also bear this in mind. It's just like James chapter 1, verse 2 talks about how count it all joy when you fall into diverse kinds of temptation. The verse 3 is very important. You can't count, you, verse 2 cannot happen in the absence of verse 3. In fact, the first word in verse 3. Why, how can you count it? Knowing this. You see, the things you know will help you to endure certain things or will help you prepare you to face some things the way you should. That is why in our work with God, in church life, in Christianity, understanding of what God has got to say say, is very important than just quickly jumping into praying. When something happens, try and understand what God has got to say about it even before you pray about it. Now, when you know what God has got to say about it, then you can stand on what God says to change what is going on through prayer. A prayer that is devoid of the word of God and insight into what God has said will be very anemic. It won't be potent. The reason why a lot of prayers are not answered is what most prayers are not based on what God has got to say or based on insights into God's word. And so it says that I'm reminding you these things, but I want you to know first 
What are we supposed to know? That there shall come in the last days mockers. They will mock all these things you claim to believe. They will, they will scoff it. Scoffers. You, how many of you have heard someone say, you believe that kind of thing? Yeah. Especially in a modern days, particularly in the West. The more intellectual we become, the more we tend to want to mock God or mock the things of God. Some of you have friends who can't believe. So you, in this modern day, do we post to do church? Yeah. In the West, they, 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 some, some of them are surprised that, what, did you say you were going to church? No, there are things, even if you go once a month, it's very extreme for you to go. Why would you have to go to church? What was that? Church? Huh? They mock you, thinking they are smarter. And then they find out that you go every Sunday. Ah! I remember 2004. 2004, we were looking for a place for fellowship. And we found out a place, a small hall, very small. We found out. So I went to ask the caretaker. She's a very nice lady. Some, some people can be very nice. Because you know, when people hear church, they are wondering what is this. But she was very nice. Oh, wow, yeah, we can. And we said we actually want it on Sundays and on Fridays all night. So we start from 10 p.m. He said, Fridays, what time? 10 <laughs> On uh, to when? He said, until four or five. He said, but what would you be doing? <laughs> In fact, you know, because where I got born again and grew up, all night is a part of Christian life, church life. So I've never thought about it otherwise. This woman was so shocked. He said, pray on, why? Why, why, why would you do that? That that was a rude awakening. I was shocked. They they don't, some of you, when people hear you are fasting, when they hear Muslims are fasting, okay, that's fine, that's fine. But when they hear you are fasting, why? They hear you going to church. Today you are in church in the morning and you back in the evening. And it's okay if they don't understand. But some are so, especially those who think they know, are so arrogant that they spite you. And they mock you. They mock you. They, 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 they put up comments in the office and mock you. Yesterday I made a statement. It's interesting that in school, in office institutions, when people find out you're a serious Christian, they tend to hate you because they think you don't like them. Because of their, their dodgy, skewed, perverted life. So they want to attack you first. They marginalize you. That's the community we live in. So sometimes, to save your work, you don't even have to say you're a Christian. Like a Jew in Saudi Arabia or in Iran. You don't even have to say that. I can't wait for us to have in the schools a day where we will let children wear no uniform, so they can contribute one pound or something for persecuted people around the world. There are many people whose lives are at stake, their livelihoods are at stake because of their Christianity and their religious. That one is not necessary. He said, notice that in the last days, it's a sign that we are in the last days. Scoffers will come. So before we even, I remind you about the word from the old, uh, that um, the prophets and Jesus and his disciples have said, I want you to first of all remember that in the last days, scoffers will come. That, so when you choose to be a Christian, remember you are making yourself available for mockery yeah. in certain quarters. Just know that. So that when you are going to church and you are holding your fat Bible, you know that they will laugh at you, but that's okay. That's okay. Because you can't can you imagine in certain institutions, particularly universities, where, and even in South London and other places, where girls are so big on makeup and hairstyle. There are some students who wear what hijab. Some are almost like ninja. And they are, they are proud. No, you can't intimidate them. Because they've been prepared to know that there'll be mockers and scoffers. 
So when you mock them, it, they, they, it's not a surprise. So if we don't prepare you that you'll be mocked now that you are born again, you might think born again is just about receiving miracle and getting a job. Now you're in church, you get it. Some of you are born again because you were hoping to get married. Because different boys have broken your heart. And now you've seen that church way is sure way. Because all your cousins who are in church is working for them. They are married there. They have three children stable. When you look at others, who wouldn't like that one? So, well, let me also use the church means to get husband. So you are born again because you are desperate for a husband. Born again because, born again because you are desperate for a wife. Born again because you are desperate for a job. Born again because the doctors have told you there's no hope. But if all those things move you towards God, it's not wrong anyway. But the root awakening is that when you are born again, God has taken over your life and he will start using you before you use him. <laughs> so he says, scoffers will come. And let's see. And when they come, they will walk after their own last. It's not intelligence, it's last. It's not scientific discovery that's making them say the things they are saying. It's last, the condition of their heart. Because if it's just science, why do you get so animated when we bring Christian points? You get so infuriated. But if it's science, then it's in the, reason, in the realm of reason. Let's all reason and argue. Let's argue. Let's debate. Let's dialogue. But why do you get so very, very emotional and passionate and animated? Because I said Jesus is the only way. Let's reason. That can't be in the only way. That's how we do. Actually, in the West... In civil society, it's dialogue. Yeah. Why, have you, why, have we, why have we stopped dialogue? Yeah. We've stopped dialogue. Yeah. And now we impose, this is what you have to believe. If you don't believe, you are a bigot. Yeah. Because of lust. It says that that ideologies, that philosophy, most of their philosophy, they, they, they stand on to mock church, mock God, is walking, is inspired, is influenced, is birthed by lust. Is it not interesting? I'm glad you are listening. Verse 4. Last make them say, when people are talking, just listen quietly. Check what is the influencing factor in their suppositions and propositions. They say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So watch this. Do you realize their target? It's not just even church, but it's about what one of the biggest reasons we have to persevere in church is coming again. And so they go and start attacking his coming. Because, listen, if you're a Christian and you lose sight of his coming, you'll be a bad Christian. There's no way you can live an effective Christian life in, in, uh, uh, without his coming being on your mind. So they come and attack his coming. Why are you living for heaven? Here is heaven. Yes, yeah, some people can. Here is heaven. I'm already living my heaven here. So they attack the second coming because the second coming is going to settle a lot of issues. Yeah, people who have committed crime, evil, and all that, they thought they've gotten away with it. Some people were very bad people, and they were known to authorities, and they had good friends in places of power, in the media, and everything. No one spoke about them, even though their atrocities and their behavior continued for years and decades. Oh, can you imagine if there was no God? That would have been the problem. Our Bible says, appointed unto man, wants to die, and after death, judgment. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. It's an appointment. You will die, and when you die, you'll be judged. So then, people who are godless don't like talking about the end times. One thing is certain about life, death. Everybody will die. Yeah. Can you imagine you? One day. 
with this all this nice hair. Look at your skin. I mean, look, look, look at your build. You, are, you look like you're almost perfect, so long as we are concerned. Right. You, you, you look almost perfect. You are the epitome of perfection. But guess what? What is worrying is, if with your own eyes, before your very eyes, every year, after 21 years, every year you start deteriorating. Yeah. Depreciation sets in. Yeah. Times change. Do you know why? Because God doesn't want us to forget that you are passing. So when you look at your health, when you look at your physical condition, when you are young, you think it should be like that. But after 21 years, everything begins to go down. Things are changing. It's a wake-up call, but most of us don't wake up. Things are changing. Things are changing. It's a sign that things are going to end. Whether you or the world, there's an end in view. So wake up before the... Now, let's say you are, a military, you are in a military jet and the engine shut down. And you are very high up and the engine is gone. There are parachutes. So you know it. And then you see the plane coming. It's coming. Get your parachute. Get ready. Buckle up. Get ready to press the eject button. But you see it coming down and people are still you are asking for tea. Your, your body is telling you that there is an end in view. Respect the announcement. Respect the suggestions your body is telling you or the promptings your body is telling you. And it's not just about you. That's what Peter is saying that I don't want you to forget. People live in, especially in the in modern materialistic world, we live as though there's no end. We live as though the value of a man's life is in the abundance of his possessions. But Jesus said, no. In the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 16, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. That's the verse 15. doesn't matter what you got. It's not, a, it's not an indi- indication of the quality of life. Well, let's go back to First Peter. I don't have much time. Second Peter, sorry. So he says that... Um, for this saying, where is the problem? Yeah, and all that. Verse 5. For this, they, they willingly are, can you imagine? It's willful ignorance. It's not like as if they knew it, but they intentionally, I don't want to know. That points to moral issues. For this, they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. So all he's trying to say is that the earth was, God commanded the land to emerge out of the water by his word. Commanded. It come out of water and the earth came. And he says that by the same word, look at the next verse, verse 6. Verse 6 that whereby the world that, uh, that then was being overflowed with water perish. It's the same word. God also spoke again in the days of Noah. He warned them they didn't listen. And the, that world was overflowed with water. The world came out of water. And every now and then, God introduces chaos, allows chaos to come in. I said it in our previous teaching. Every now and then. So God commanded there was disorder, there was chaos. And God said, Let there be light. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. And then God created order out of chaos. And in Noah's days, there was, they were enjoying, and so they began, began to think everything was fine. And God introduced chaos and drowned everybody and then saved eight. And then after, after a while, God brought it again on Sodom and Gomorrah. God every now and then visits with chaos or judgment. And in, there on the day of Pentecost, God brought order. They were all with one voice. One accord. And then after he brought the order out of chaos, Ananias and Sapphira, they were messing up in the church. God brought some chaos there. So God, listen, God is able to judge. God is able to judge. One of the things that I also want to encourage 
Christians who are trying to be a Christian in your marriage, in your family life. But it's that usually family is the heartbeat. You're trying to be a Christian in your marriage. And sometimes it looks like your husband is taking advantage because they know you are a Christian. Don't react outside of Christian con- just stay, be, do, keep. Sometimes it takes a long time. But God will fight for you. God will deal with God. Listen, God can judge him. God can, you can be one with somebody and God can judge him so much and it will affect you. God knows how to bring judgment. Your wife, your husband, your family, your mother, your ex-husband, and he can tell, he's trying to take advantage. They never was there for their children. Now that they've started sharing testimony about job, he's now showing interest. <laughs> and if you're a mother, you feel like, don't go near this man. He's a very, he's always, that's how he got me. And you can see he's bringing it on the daughter too. Because that's how he got you to give you children. He's a user and he hasn't changed. Over 20 years later, he hasn't changed. He's doing it again. And sometimes you want to step in. But your stepping in may make you overstep your boundaries. That's where, when you're a Christian, you know, you, you pull back and let God. Because some of us, we think God is not smart enough. We think God is too slow. We think God can do it. Leave it for me. I will do it. God can do it. He's not. He's too inactive. And that is the weakness. That is our weakness. And so the scripture is saying that God was God brought judgment. God is able to bring judgment. Remember that. I don't know who I'm talking to because you seem to be getting away with something. And you don't have plans to stop. Yeah. yeah. Even though I've been reminding you this pornography stop. This pornography stop. You're still busy. Oh, I like it. 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 One day, police will raid and take your computer. <laughs> and they'll find out that the site you've been going is linked to some pedophilia. They yeah. said, no, it's not me. Yeah. So before you could say that, we all know about it. Now we are praying. Lord, defend our brother. Lord, <laughs> God can judge. God can what one of the dangerous things I said, I think one of these, I don't know when I said it. When you are embarking on sexual sins, they don't want us to call it sin. Don't worry. <laughs> when you are when you are engaged in sexual sins, you are a Christian. Those who are not Christians, it's up to them. But when you engage in sexual sin, if you don't get caught immediately you are not likely to stop immediately. Some of you know That's why you haven't stopped the pornography. <laughs> Your wife hasn't seen it. <laughs> Catch yourself. Sit yourself down and talk to yourself before you get caught. Because usually when you get caught, it's, it's too humiliating. You, you, you are likely to stop when you got caught. Yeah. When you get caught, you are like, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how addicted you are. You are likely to stop. <laughs> Am I preaching or prophesying? You came to church, right? Yeah. I feel like preaching. So when we come to church, the Bible must do the speaking. They are not coming to look for what to say things that will make someone feel so good and uh, good about yourself. You've been feeling good about yourself. That's why when the sun has been shining, look at how you've been dressing. You feel good about yourself already. But we have to remind you that you are heading towards collision. God is able to judge. And he will judge. He might be slow. But he will. Especially if he loves you. Bible says that if you are without chastisement, Hebrews chapter 12, you are a bastard. Yeah, it's in the Bible, Hebrew King James. He said, if you are without chastisement, not discipline, you are misbehaving, and no one is saying anything. 
you are misbehaving. Ah, you call God your father and look at the way you've been behaving. You've been treating your wife. You've been treating your husband. This thing, you continue and nothing is happening. Rather, you're getting increased in pay, pay rise. And you, ah. It's likely that you have entered the field of a bastard. Proverbs some, chapter something, verse one of the verses. It says, it says that anyone who gets corrected and does not change shall suddenly be broken or without remedy. Yeah. You are, permit me to go into this again. You are married. You are becoming fond of some other woman. And you are entertaining, hey, hello, girl. Yeah, you didn't mean evil, but you were just, you see, you're, yeah, you're testing the waters. It, it can get nasty very quickly. That's how many people get into trouble. People who everybody knows that this was a very decent guy. <laughs> decent guy. Most of the times, most of us are very soft on ourselves when we come, it comes to taste. The things you like, you are quite soft, so you don't, you are not hard on yourself. Right? And you've grown with it. You see, when you grow with it, and when that's how you are, it's quite soft on yourself when it comes to things you tend to like and enjoy, you must know that weakness and don't enjoy some things. Don't develop. Because once you develop enjoyment, it's somebody's, you, look, you are a, a man in your late 30s. Your neighbor's daughter, you are not a bad man, but you began to see things that are getting your attention and you are beginning to like this girl, and you've got her phone number. Say, say, you don't mean evil, but I'm announcing to you, you are getting yourself into trouble very quickly. Because remember, your particular proclivity is that when you begin to enjoy something, you can't pull back. It's going to get into serious trouble. You might ruin everything in your life before you could say Jack. And when you try to explain yourself, people won't believe you. No. They won't believe you. No. Because all they know is, how can you do this? How can you do this? You didn't start out to do that. They say, well, don't let the coming of Christ catch you on our ways. He said it's going to come like a thief. It doesn't mean theft is good. It's not endorsing theft. Let's go back to the text so, so I can run through this. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store. Why haven't things changed? Because the word that said, let, let the earth come out of the water, that same word is sustained. It's sustaining the word. The Bible says that it sustains the world by the word of his power. Wow. Hebrews chapter, I think, 1 verse 3. Sustains the word, the world, or is sustained. All things are sustained by him, and in Colossians two as well. Being, uh, yeah, it says that, and upholding all things by the word of his power. So the reason why this hasn't fallen is because when the word said, "Let there be," and there was, that same word is keeping things going until the time. Watch this. And did you know what is interesting? The word is sustaining the world. Reserving it for judgment. Can you imagine that? You might think, oh, it's good. The word is God is sustaining the world because the world is good. No, it's not sustaining the world because the world is good. The reason why God is sustaining the world and has not brought judgment is not because the world is good, but because God is good. And he doesn't want any to perish. So he's long suffering, not willing that any to he it's in the text. Let's go to the text. Let's go to the text. The same world is reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. It's reserved. Can you imagine this world is reserved? It's preserved, but the preservation is a reservation as well. God has preserved this by his word, and this preserving it is reserving it unto a day of judgment. 
A day of judgment and perdition of those who don't care about God. And look at the next verse. But beloved, don't be ignorant of, there are things you can afford not to know. But there are other things you can't. He said, don't be ignorant of this one thing. This one thing, don't be ignorant. This one. This one thing, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant of this one thing. That the day, uh, one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. And a thousand years. So if God said one day is going to happen, you might think that it's not going to happen because your lifespan is so short. But with God, it will happen. If God has said it, he will do it. Uh Hallelujah. If he said it, he will do it. So the word that brought the world, that sustained the world, has said that one day he's going to bring this world into judgment. And he said, so why is he not doing it? He said, no, it's not because he can't do anything. Not because he's not. First of all, his timing is different from our timing. The Americans... Temperature is read in Fahrenheit, degree Fahrenheit, right? Yes. So Americans will say today the weather is 72 degrees. Now, UK, we don't have 72 degrees. Yeah. Look at the 34 that came recently. We almost died. We, we, can't, have, we can't have 74 degrees. But America, they have 74 degrees. But when you, the corresponding value, in Celsius may end up even being 20, 20 degrees. I, I don't know the calculation, I've not done that, but just analogy. So 20 degrees is the same as 74 degrees Fahrenheit, but degrees Celsius. So when someone says 20 degrees, I think it's important to know what is the measurement apparent. Is it, is it Fahrenheit or Celsius? Because if you lose that, now God is telling us I'm coming and you are using human timing to judge the the statements of God. But God's timing is different from your timing. So they say he's not coming, he's not coming. Since the fathers fell asleep, you are making a mistake. And he says that, and it's not that God is slack, verse 9. He says, this is serious. Verse 9 says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. His promise, as men count, some men count slackness. But it's long suffering. That's why he has waited. Not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So he's not in a hurry to do it. Like a traffic warden who goes to hide and waiting for you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Some traffic, they are waiting for you to go over five minutes. So they won't go. They are waiting. They are waiting. They check their system. They are waiting. And they hide. As soon as five minutes they come, they already printed the... Uh, got it. <laughs> no, if God were to be like that, most of us would be in trouble. Uh, not, not most of us. None of us would be okay. But God is slow, intentionally. Not that slow but he withholds. So he still reserves the world so that David M. Pugh changes. So that Bismarck changes. So that Ayo changes. He reserves the world because he doesn't, he doesn't, the Bible says he, 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 he wants people to come to repentance. Why hasn't he acted in spite of the things that are going on in your life? Because he's, he's just waiting for you to change. So there was a time you should have been caught. You should have got into trouble. But God, for some reason, he still gave you a promotion and you escaped that job. Because the way you were stealing in that job, you were about to go to prison. And rather, you got a promotion bigger and you left that job. Hey, God! You are stealing and you are not paying tithe. And yet, God is giving you increase. Fasting, you won't do it. And God is... So it looks like everything is fine. Everything is fine. Na 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 na. I'm getting away with it. No, God is giving you more time to repent, because that's a manifestation of His goodness towards you. His objective is not just to catch you and punish you. His objective is to show you His mercy. That's why He waits. He waits so that you can come, so He can say, "Don't worry, I have mercy towards you." I can't ask this question. But I would have asked, how many of you know you, you should have been caught? But you didn't get caught. Yeah. You should have been caught some time ago. Before you got born again. 
Even now. <laughs> Somebody say, Lord have mercy. Wow. Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come. Oh, no. Will it come? Yes. But it's going to come on our ways. Oh. He will announce his coming. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens are, the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt ah, ah, with fervent heat. And the earth also, and the works that are in it shall, the works, everything you have done, shall be bent ah, including your wig. Yeah. Some of you Sunday, your hair grows longer. <laughs> yeah. Everything will be bent up. Everything. But in Revelation chapter 3, verse 3, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2, Matthew chapter 24, verse 43, Revelation chapter 16, verse 15, Let's look at Matthew first. Matthew 24, verse 43. But know this, that if the, the good man of the house had known in what, in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. If you had known the time. You see, do you know why Jesus doesn't tell us exactly when he's coming? Because he's more interested in knowing what you will do when you know he's not coming than what you will do when you know he's coming. Oh, can I say that again? I know you didn't think about it. God is more interested in what you will do, how you will live when you know he's not coming than how you will live when you see he's coming. That's why some time ago your dad went on a trip. He didn't tell you he was coming a week before. Because he wants... <laughs> yeah. If you have a wife or a husband who travels and doesn't tell you he's coming and appears suddenly, I think it's a serious sign that your person doesn't trust you. They wanted to come and know what you are doing when they are not there. Yeah. He will come suddenly. So if the thief had known how many of you have been caught before by your mom or dad who came prematurely, came home and you didn't know, and you were, you were in, her, in her room looking for some stuff, you, or you were stealing meat? <laughs> because she, your mom was doing rationing food rationing. <laughs> and after six, you were very hungry. So when everybody was asleep, 11.30, you, you didn't even put it in the microwave. It's okay. <laughs> That's it inside me. <laughs> You took it from the fridge with the fork. <laughs> You're about to, then you heard it. And he said, what are you doing? <laughs> Jesus said, when I'm coming, some of us, it will be like that. Wow. He said, I'm going to come like a thief. And if the good man had known the hour the thief would have come, he would have watched. Wow. And his house didn't have been broken into. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2. It says that, for you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. This is something that should be common knowledge for every Christian. You should know. It's going to come on a ways. Revelation chapter 3, verse 3. Remember, remember therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come. This is Jesus talking. This is Jesus speaking. 
Revelation chapter 16, verse 15. Thank you. Behold. Ah, ah, ah. He's not endorsing thieves. But he said, the way thieves come, and you didn't realize they are coming. And some of you bought things from thieves. You thought you had bought a laptop. Stones. Yeah, from the Tesco car park. So, all right, let's get on with it. He said, I'm going to come as a thief. I'll come as a thief. I'll come as a thief. So therefore, watch. I think, permit me to read First Thessalonians again. We'll continue from the verse 3. Right, let's go down. Let's look at the next verse. Very interesting. For when they shall say, peace, peace, UN, peace, safety. I'm not saying it's wrong for them to say it, but when they are saying it, then suddenly destruction come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Because when we should be looking for God, we are looking for peace. When we should be preparing for the coming of God, we are preparing for a wedding. (laughs) We should prepare for the actual wedding. He said, let us be glad, and let us be joyed and rejoice and be glad, giving the glory to him. For the marriage of the lamb has come, and his bride has made herself, Revelation chapter 19. His bride, I think, no, chapter 17, this chapter, Revelation chapter 17, verse 5, 6, or 19, verse 7, 8, yeah, verse 7. Let us rejoice and be glad and rejoice, giving honor to him. For the marriage of the lamb has come, and his bride, his wife, has made herself ready. We are preparing for other things, but not for the main thing. And the problem is, the modern day church is living like the world. Mm. It is foreign to be talking about second coming in modern day church. It's foreign. What do we need that for? What do we need? We, we need to buy buildings. We need to take over the wealth of the wicked. Is laid down for the righteous. We need to. What, what are you talking about? Say money is coming. Money, money. We need money. And whilst we are saying peace, 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 destruction comes upon us on our ways because we didn't watch. We didn't watch. We didn't watch. We didn't watch. That's why the lockdown, people were watching other things instead of watching for the Lord. Yeah. 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 Your next, next flex, net, net, what, that flex thing. <laughs> it, subscription went high. Watch so many, and you haven't recovered. You can't wait to go back and continue watching what you were watching last night. The Sunday said it, today is fasting. All night we are watching Bruce Lee. Hey, hey, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong watching. But I think sometimes if you have an exam, you can't be playing video games when you have an exam the next day. Yes, 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 yes. You have a service. The people who I don't understand is you come into church late and you didn't sleep early last night. What were you doing? Not that you were doing something so important. You were watching movies. Meanwhile, it's your own TV. It's your own subscription. You could have watched it later. And yet, you think God owes you a visitation. You don't have time for God. You expect God to have time for you. I think this whole Christian thing, if you are a real one, get real. It's about time someone tells you, be a real Christian. Be a real Christian. It means you are paying some price. Well... He's coming like that. Let's, let's go back. Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 3. Verse, chapter four, verse 4. Look at verse 4. It says that. But ye brethren, are not in darkness. That, that day should overtake you as a thief. He said, I'm coming to like a thief. But it's not everybody who will be overtaken. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not everybody will be overtaken. Because you are not in darkness. Okay. If you are in darkness, then you'll be overtaken. But if you are not in darkness, look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. It says that. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day and are not of the night nor of darkness. So we Christians can, should not be taken by, by surprise like a, a thief in the night. Look at the next, the, the, the next verse. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Keep going. That's very important. Therefore, I'll come back to it. Therefore, let us not sleep, but let us be sober. Verse 
that it says that for they that sleep sleep at night, and they that are be drunken are drunken at night, uh, in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate ah faith and love, and for a helmet hope, faith, hope, and love. These are three the tripod very important. Said put on this how you should prepare. Don't grow loose or low in faith. Don't grow cold in love. He said, I know you've done this. You have, you've done this. You've done this. Revelation chapter 2 from verse 4 or from, from verse 2. But he says that I have something against you. You've left your first love. The quality of your work with God has everything to do with your passion for him. Your passion for him will inspire your deeper knowledge of him. Love. When you love God, whether he's coming or he's not coming, it's not a problem. I just love him. You've been singing, yeah, Jesus loves me. When will you also start singing, how much I love, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loves me. It's about time you go through persecution because you love him. You forfeit all kinds of opportunities and offers because you love him. In, in the book of First John, sorry, in First Corinthians chapter 16, 22, he says that anyone who does not love the Lord, let him be cursed. Let him be anathema, anathema. The strongest term in the Bible for a curse, Greek term. But it says in, um, I think, Ephesians, we love him with undying love. Undying love. We love him. We love him with undying love. We love the Lord. We love, someone say, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Say, whom, whom having no sin, ye love. With rejoicing. Said, yet believing. Ye having no, uh, sorry, ye having no sin, ye love. In whom though you have no sin, yet believing. Rejoicing with joy unspeakable, full of glory. You see, the love is what gave birth to all this rejoicing. Don't, don't, don't make a mistake to think that some of us when we are dancing in church is because of the song. No, it's not because of the song. It's because of our love for Jesus. Yes. Yes. All right, let's, let's finish it up in first, in second Peter. Hmm. He said, while men slept. Wow. This text, the next text is very strong, verse 11. Hey. Let's already have from the screen. What kind of what kind of person? When you know this is about to happen, what kind of person are you supposed to be? So then, if you don't know, you can't be a certain type of person. But when you know, it makes you also a certain type of person. In spite of those who are mocking, who are scoffing, it doesn't bother you. Because of what you know and what you are convinced about, that God does not count slackness by just long suffering towards us, willing that men should per- not perish, but we should come to repentance. That is why he's waiting. But for the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Knowing this, what sort of persons do you ought to be? Not just generally. In your behavior, holy conversation is not chat. Conversation there means behavior. Give us New King James, please. Holy conduct and godliness. Give us the New International Version, please. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to be, you ought to live holy and godly lives. You see, without the coming of Christ in view, your holiness will always be compromised. 
because holiness must have an objective. Because it's hard, sometimes it's hard to do right, you know. Because when the passions are high, your emotions are high, you feel tempted to go and quaff the way you used to quaff, you know. You feel tempted to behave in a certain way, do something, or, or retaliate, or, or rebel, or do something. You know, when your emotions have taken the best, better part of you, it helps to know there's a day of judgment which is guaranteed to come. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you are doing your dissertation and you are almost getting close to plagiarism. But when you remember this school, this unit is different from the other one. Yeah. You've seen others who have suffered. You, you are careful. Yeah. When you know judgment is sure to come, it informs the way you behave. Even though you, co- Even though you say, I'm weak, I'm weak. This is my weakness. When you know judgment is coming, your weakness will not show up. <laughs> Most weaknesses don't come when... Judgment and punishment yeah. is our hand. Yeah. It normally shows that when you know you will be caught. That's right. So what you are calling weakness, is it potentially, is it potentially, is it, is it potentially true that it's not actually a weakness? But you're intentional, you are pampering yourself. What, knowing that the second the Lord is coming, what persons ought, what kind of Christian ought you to be? Mm. You only attend church to take a box. Because pastor will ask of me. Yeah. You attend church to take a box. You are quaffing tight like you are a construction pioneer. Quaffing tight. Quaffing tight. Quaffing tight. And then to endorse your behavior, you've gone to look for internet teachers. Uh. Who are telling you tithing is not important, but when you are in crisis, you don't go for them to pray. You but you know what? There's a day coming. And if you keep that day in view, it will influence the way you live. It will influence the way you live. I pray that God will help us all. In Jesus' name. Did you receive something? Put your hands together for the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more Spirit-filled messages from Caris Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the message. Be blessed.